0: Welcome back to Animation Broadcast and Cinema. My name is Bo Allen. And I'm Jacob Rodier. And today we are going to start off with a little box office talk, a little Venom talk, and then we're going to go into our movie of the week, Hereditary. And so Jacob and I, we both saw Venom uh, over this last weekend. It was the big movie of the weekend. Uh, It pulled in $90 million in its three-day run. Um, Yeah, so it is officially the biggest opening weekend of uh the pandemic i mean since tenet and um shang chi technically did more it did 94 million but it got that extra monday boost it was a long weekend it did 75 million in its initial three-day run so venom uh is the closest so far to that hundred million that everybody's looking for and um is wearing the crown right now did you see that i, coming? Say, I know i was about to say i did not see that coming at all uh, That's a
1: super shock to me.
0: Sony didn't see it coming. They were setting numbers low for, like, they were like, we'll pull in maybe 45, and then some box office, like, experts were saying it'll be 65. But the what I was reading about earlier today on uh, Variety was nobody knows what movie's going to do what anymore because nobody knows what people are going to go to theaters for. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's also interesting because this movie obviously did not do well critics or reception, like critics wise. I guess mm-hmm. um, I forget what the score was in Rotten Tomatoes, but it was not that great. Um, Who cares? But I think that also, well, it does usually affect box office. If it's if it's yeah. a really good movie, it usually usually like gets more sales, and if it's not a good movie, it usually doesn't get good good sales. But this movie kind of proves that. Like you just said, it really doesn't matter anymore because people are just going to go see a movie no matter what right now.
0: Um, I think what matters more is probably, I mean, maybe for you and I and other nerds of our level, the uh, critic score will matter. It's 59% for Venom. 60 is what would be fresh, so it's one point below there. And Mm -hmm. um, the audience score, however, is 85%. Wow. Yeah. which I think tracks I mean I would say it's a B movie you know well the thing is it was basically
1: the same thing as the first one just like ramped up a little bit more so I feel like people going into this kind of knew what they were getting and that's mm-hmm. what they got and that's why they were happy
0: about it and I think people also saw that 80 minute runtime, and were like oh this is just going to be super fast paced um, I need to just buckle in we're in and out you know? yeah um it was awesome i've i'm a known huge spider-man fan that's my bread and butter right there i know tons about spider-man and i since like 2007 i've wanted carnage in a movie since i was like nine and oh my god were he you was, satisfied i'm pretty satisfied i would have you know the whole time i was thinking oh this would be a little bit better if it was r but also you know superheroes are uh, you know at the core for children and i am just a tall child and um so yeah i agree i think this definitely could have benefited from being r but um you know pg-13 is going to pull in the money um yeah and also uh, i'm I want kids to I want kids to get excited about this stuff because I want this stuff to last a long time. I don't care how corporate packaged it is and <laughs> how bad it might be for the film industry. I want I like these franchises and I think they're fun and um and Carnage was cool as shit. Yeah,
1: I think this one was very self-aware of what it was. Like if they had mm-hmm. the first one, they were kind of trying to find a balance between being like funny and self-aware and also like s- taking it seriously the entire time. And this one, like, kind of just took away the whole seriousness and the drama of it, and kind of just went full in on the on the comedy aspect and being like self aware of, of who they were in this world that they're in.
0: Right, and if if they wanted to um, make these more serious, I think they would have gone with the R off the bat mm. in the first Venom. Um, they were thinking about doing that, and I remember really close to the actual release they like recut it and we're like no we're going with pg-13 and so right. yeah that's what happened. Here. i
1: could see this kind of becoming if they keep making these which they probably will kind of like a fast and furious type franchise where they, they become more self-aware and just becomes more and more fun and entertaining as you watch it
0: i mean people think carnage is supposed to be this like really dark character he's not in the comics he says the most cringy shit like Eddie Brock is this big like jerk who thinks he's funnier than he is and he's not very smart and the point of like what the symbiote does and we're getting into real deep nerd territory right here is like it makes your those like it makes your strongest qualities come out more so of course he's going to be telling all these like really stupid ass jokes and Venom was hilarious yeah, in this movie. Yeah. I know and he had it, some great one-liners. It was great and it's what I'm you. You want to see like that? Like um, this is uh, not really a spoiler. They when they finally, it's like a, th- a one throwaway line to get off a joke when they finally start calling themselves like the the Lethal Protector, which is what they go by in the '80s in the comics, and it's the stupidest fucking name ever. It's so it's such an '80s comic book name, and I think they point that out. Like they know what this character is, and I think it's not going to get good critic reviews because why would it it's corny and it's cheesy and it's supposed to be
1: yeah i think over time critics are gonna kind of recognize that and kind of warm up to it because i feel like the same thing happened with fast and furious where critics started to like pan it in the beginning but now that they're even like they're crazy self-aware they're like talking about each other in the movie they're like critics are becoming like warm to it like this recent one got like decent reviews because critics are like oh it's fun it's dumb like we, we get the point yeah. of it now
0: um and clearly the first one nobody thought it would do that amount at the box office it was a huge box office hit um and this one was too i mean people really like seeing these movies so of course we're gonna get more and it's only gonna get bigger and better yeah yeah i would definitely recommend seeing this movie it was a fun time in the theater I would too. stay for the post credit um yes Hundred percent. Venom's got great post-credits. I mean, I remember first, I, I was when I was
1: texting you right after the movie finished, and right. I was like, I was in the credits, and I was like, Yeah, it's a solid movie, and and you were just like, Keep watching. Yeah. And then the after-credits scene happened, and I was like, Holy shit! Well, that just I got mean, me so
0: hyped. Like every, the Venom post-credit scenes have all been really good. Um, I remember. What was the first the, one? The first one had post-credit scenes that left me like the same exact way um it was him meeting Cletus Cassidy and it's Woody Harrelson oh right and I was like holy shit they're actually doing Carnage like Mm -hmm. oh my god I can't believe it and then after that it was the like six minute long Spider-Verse teaser
1: oh yeah and I was like this
0: looks amazing and I left the theater so happy yeah it was fantastic
1: and I, won't, one... I won't say anything about the, the post-credit scene, but my theater had, like, one of the biggest, like, gasps and, like, oh, that I've yeah. ever seen in, like, since Endgame, probably. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, Sony is is really killing it with these Venom post-credit teasers. Like, I feel like in a lot of, like, a lot of the ways they're using these post-credit scenes also to sell the movie. Like, Venom's, the the people, the marketing team is hyping up this post-credit scene,
1: like, I think that
0: people are going to be talking about this post credit scene, and that's that's stuff. They're going to drive some sales. Yeah, I mean it's great, um, smart for. I mean that's a big. Sell, that's another big sell for this movie for these movies. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, I was I meant to go see Many Saints of Newark this week. I couldn't find time to, and then I also had Titan to go see. Uh, one i've been looking forward to for a while and then one you saw you want to give us a little bit on that movie yeah um
1: it's incredible i i fucking loved it (laughs) it was it's
0: moving on um no no (laughs) it's
1: hard to describe this movie because so much shit happens and it's it's all over the place but in like a good way like it's wholesome it's sweet it's happy but it's also fucked up disturbing like terrifying like It goes in so many different directions and it's, it's very chaotic, but it all works very well together. And I don't know, I haven't, uh, a movie hasn't gotten a reaction like that out of me in a long time. Like I was, I was gasping. There are some scenes like kind of you were tearing up a little bit. You're smiling. You're like, look, there's some parts I couldn't even look at the screen. It was just like, it was horrifying. It was, it was a great time. Um, And I, I loved it. I definitely recommend
0: seeing this in
1: theaters. Because it's definitely worth seeing with the crowd. Because it gets some strong reactions.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find a time to go see it. Because like we talked about last week, this October release schedule is massive. And um, I'm trying not to stick to the big franchise stuff. But the big franchise stuff that's coming out is like also really, really good big franchise stuff. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, so I don't think Titan is doing well in box office. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's tough because it's really tough. I looked up
1: the synopsis for this, and the synopsis, I think we talked about this, it's literally just mm-hmm. the definition of titane. So right. it's, it's not a
0: great sell. And I think it's doing that on purpose, clearly. Oh, it like, is. Um, the less you know
1: going into this movie, the better.
0: Do you think this is a movie where they're going to, like, It's you think the studio's trying to make a ton of move, money off of this, or they just really it's like this neon,
1: movie? Neon kind of, like, makes this type of, like, weird indie uh like i don't know like fucked up movies like this um it's kind of their genre and they don't push them that hard so i think i don't know i think the people who will see this movie kind of know what they're getting into and that's their audience and that's about it that's all they're gonna make it's it's very hard to drive the general audience to see this movie because it's it's very out there
0: um yeah that's something i could see um I mean, the this week, we have No Time to Die and Lamb, and Lamb is probably going to fall by the wayside, but I really want to see that movie, and the next week, it's Last Duel and Halloween Kills, and that is going to be, I think, I honestly don't know what will come out on top there. Mm, honestly, I think Halloween Kills is going to bring in a bigger audience. Last Duel is so appealing, though. I mean, you got Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, and Ridley Scott Directed, like, that's huge. Actually, yeah, because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are gonna bring in like
1: a lot of like adults too, because right. adults love the both of them. So and then actually, but, yeah, I changed my mind. Last tool is probably gonna get bigger.
0: But hang on, don't 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 change it back just yet, because <laughs> oh man, they're going against one of the biggest horror icons of all time, Michael Myers. Like, and yeah, and I feel like those always do well at box office with Jamie Lee Curtis returning again. Like this is, and it picks up right where the last one left off. Like it's it's. It's a lot of people are gonna be interested in it. It's gonna be a close call. The Metacritic score is not great, but you know what? I don't care. This is gonna be yeah. It's gonna be another one that's like Venom. Yeah. Who gives a shit?
1: Didn't do great, and people are still gonna see it because who gives a shit? People want to see movies right now.
0: Um. It's Halloween. It's spooky time. People want to get spooked. Yep. I'm pumped to go see that movie. And then we also have dune and french dispatch coming out the same weekend like we're stuffing movies down here i think the 16th and 19th like that oh wait that's this that's next weekend too jesus there's never a free week in october god in the theaters every week oh yeah no i meant like that's when a, the, a down week is when i'll go see like a, a do a Titan and a lamb but i mean i'm not gonna be able to i'm gonna have to see like three movies in one week one of these upcoming weeks Hell and yeah. do a podcast and watch whatever movie we have for that. It's going to be a <laughs> lot. Um, speaking of lots of movies, Andrew Garfield is in two this year. Um, Eyes of Tammy Faye is the one that is out right now, correct? Right? Yeah, not, I have not seen it. I have not either. I have not even seen it in my town.
1: It's it's playing near me. I, I see a bunch of Showtime's for it, but I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: Um, I also really didn't,
1: don't know anything about Tammy Faye in real I, life.
0: I don't I either. I feel like that was our
1: parents' generation.
0: I don't either, but I love stuff about televangelists. Like, I don't know why, because I, I don't like televangelists. Um, but uh, Andrew Garfield, I've heard rumblings of a uh, supporting as- uh, actor. um yeah, same with Jostain for a leading. It's uh is this going to be the big uh, a big Garfield year cuz I mean he's got uh as Tammy Faye and a possible Oscar nomination. He's got Tick Tick Boom which he is leading uh, and then he might be in this new Spider-Man movie. We don't know. I've seen, you know, the pictures of my saying, but I don't I'm not I'm not yeah, saying knows? anything. I don't no wanna, one knows. I don't know if I want them to be in it. Like I don't know if that's a whole other topic. We can save that. But, um, I mean, those three movies would be, I mean, huge for him. And it's not like he never really has a low point in his career, I would say. But, like, um, I wouldn't say he's ever been as big as he was when he was in Spider-Man. And this this could be a pretty big thing for him. Give him a little more power.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. I mean... Garfield is an incredible actor and he hasn't been nominated for an Oscar before, right?
0: He Social has. network. Maybe he, he, it was for uh Hacksaw Ridge.
1: Oh, Hacksaw Ridge. Right. For Best right. leading. Right. Um, but yeah, he definitely deserves to win an Oscar. So props to him. He should, uh, keep doing what he's
0: doing. I,
1: wish I him the
0: best. I mean, yeah, I, I think he'll get one at some point, whether or not it's for Tammy Faye. I won't, I don't know. Um, but I, I just want more Andrew Garfield, I think. like I, there's never, I've never seen him and been like, I don't want him in this movie.
1: He's a very versatile
0: actor. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, I mean, I, a big, I remember a big joke for a while was, oh, man, the guy from the social network is going to be Spider-Man. And sue me. I thought he was a good Spider-Man. He was fine. He was good. He had a bad script. And studio interference, I think he has more care for the role than anybody else. He's, he's a spider Oh, I'm sure
1: he put his best effort into he it. He is but. a
0: Spider-Man nerd like me. Yeah. And I love the representation. <laughs> but I want more. And I want big Andrew Garfield stuff. Um, I mean, he... Since, I think, Silence and Hacksaw Ridge were his last two kind of big movies... And Silence wasn't even that big of a movie, it was just a Scorsese movie, and then he kind of did some smaller stuff, and then had a two-year break, and now he's back with Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, I
1: saw the A24 film he did, Undo the Silver Lake. Undo the Silver Lake, yeah. That was a a weird one. I loved it. Yeah, it was super weird, but I really liked him in that.
0: Um, Tick, Tick, Boom, I know we were ragging on musicals, and I'm not changing my opinion on that, but... I do kind of like the look of Tick Tick Boom. Maybe it's just I have the Andrew Garfield glasses on, but like, uh, I mean, it doesn't look bad. I saw
1: the I saw the poster and I saw
0: Lynn Manuel's name right there. On the Is he attached to it?
1: I think he's directing this.
0: Shut up! No, he's not. No, he's not. It's Michael Showalter.
1: Okay, well, his name's on the oh, poster. Shit! He has a I big just,
0: role. I I just realized I was looking at Eyes of Tammy Faye. Hang on, hang on. I think he's directing it, man. If he's directing it, I'm not going to see Oh, no! (laughs) He is! I mean, I love Andrew
1: Garfield, but if he's going to put on the Lin-Manuel talk rap crap, I'm not going to watch
0: it. I do not want to see what Lin-Manuel Miranda does behind the camera. Why is this happening?
1: Because ever since Hamilton, man, Hollywood wants him. He's hot. I get it.
0: Oh, I don't like the looks of this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you did a complete 180. I am, right now I'm looking through his IMDb, and he is in so many things that I'm so confused about. Lin-Manuel? Yeah. I mean, why is he attached to so many DuckTales episodes? (laughs) <laughs> right, the one
1: thing, the one thing I really liked him in actually was uh, the Kirby enthusiasm episode. He did. That was funny because uh, he got yeah. shot in
0: the throat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he had a great little role. in that He's
0: in nine episodes of His Dark Materials, that HBO show. Yeah, I knew that. What are we doing here? What is—is is this a musical show? I thought it was like a sci-fi show. I
1: don't know, man. I never saw it. I but yeah, watch- Lin-Manuel is attached to this movie, so uh, I don't know. I'm
0: probably not going to see it. But I was going to watch knows. this show because it's got Daphne Keene in it.
1: No, it's got a great cast, and it looks fine, but I don't know. I feel like it's going to be very similar to Lemon manuels other stuff, and I'm just not a fan of his other stuff, and you aren't either, so
0: uh, <sighs> that's that. That ruined my fucking day. I would have watched that not knowing. I would have looked it up in the movie. I should have not told you. I probably would have looked it up, like, walking in, and, like... Because I, I don't know. I, unless it's, like, a La La Land, I don't really care who, like, directs a musical, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Shit. <laughs> but it's so on funny. It's on Netflix. I'll watch it on Netflix, so they're not getting my dollars, but...
1: I mean, they are, but...
0: I mean, not really, i'm not paying $15 for a movie ticket so
1: netflix is paying them
0: yeah but they already paid the deal so whatever fair enough it's the difference between watching that and watching extraction again (laughs) did we talk about the the list that netflix put out um of the top viewed um movies and shows we did not or we might have grazed over it, but um, uh, we don't have to go
1: fully into it, but because you mentioned extraction, I think extraction was the number one movie ever watched
0: on Netflix. it should be I'm. I'm I know <laughs> and it should be what wow. why is, is why is that a funny take? Oh well no, actually it shouldn't be it should be well, it should be make. <laughs> I don't know about that, but
1: it's the whole list was like all B movies. Like Bird Box was up there. It was all like it was all like mediocre eh, movies, and I was just like, "What are people doing?" But I get it. That's uh, why they keep making these movies because that's what's making them the most views and the money.
0: I but here's the thing, I love B movies. I love. No, they're fun, and so so does the, the majority of the world. So. Um, That's
1: why they
0: keep making them. Extraction is good and has one of the greatest on-screen reloads I have ever seen. And <laughs> I haven't seen it. What, dude? It's it's Chris Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I can't I can't even. I haven't seen it. Bird
1: Box. I really haven't seen like any of those ones in the top ten of Netflix.
0: Extraction worth your time. Bird Box not worth your time. I wa- I it was dumb. It was so dumb. Yeah. It was, oh, it made me mad. All right, uh, but Six Underground is number four on there. I haven't seen Spencer Confidential, but I don't really like Mark Wahlberg. So um, Six Underground, yeah, watch it. It's, It's good. It's super stupid. And, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. But there are just moments in it that, like, are totally worth it. And it's pretty funny. And the action's good. Uh, a bird
1: Box number one, Extraction number two, uh, Irishman had... number three.
0: So what? that's that's solid.
1: Uh, two hundred fifteen mil.
0: Um, Ooh, the kissing my... booth two. Wait, hang on. Where are you getting this list from? Um, this is a.
1: This came out like two weeks ago, I think. I know, I, but I don't know if Netflix have... leaked it or it got released officially. But what site? It's the top ten. Follow? Um, I'm on Google right now. Well, but mine's the,
0: completely different
1: my i'm pretty sure this is a legit one because i remember seeing this um this is a top 10 series and the top 10 films they released and i did it by the amount of hours watched um so top 10 is bird box extraction the irishman the kissing booth Two, six underground uh spencer confidential enola holmes army of the dead the old guard and murder mystery
0: yeah, that's where it's different because mine is like by Netflix views and Netflix counts a click as a view. Right, yeah. So I think ours is probably the most yeah. accurate. Irishman is not on mine. Um,
1: what's interesting about series too is Bridgerton season one is number one. Bridgerton. Money Heist. Mm. Yeah, Money Heist part four. Stranger Things part three. The Witcher season one. 13 Reasons Why season two. 13 Reasons Why season one. You Season 2, Stranger Things 2, Money Heist Part 3, and Ginny and Georgia Season 1. I
0: stand by you. That's a dumb show, but it's a good show.
1: Yeah, but it's just it's just crazy to see that Stupid those are the,
0: the top series and movies that come out
1: of Netflix. And it, it I think it explains why we get the anymore. type of movies that we get.
0: Bridgerton's not anymore. I wanted, one anymore. I wanted to do this talk last week, but I totally left it off. And we can squeeze in like two minutes if you've seen it. Squid Game. Number one. Oh, really? Number one. Well, it's no- probably number one right now. I don't know if it's all time. Really? It is number one. All- it knocked it off that wow. quickly. I have not have seen you- it yet. Dude, this show is so good. I ripped through it in like two days only because I fell asleep at like 2 a.m. the first night I started watching it.
1: Yeah, I have good things. I heard I mean I heard good things. Um I don't know, I feel like I have this weird tendency where like if anything becomes like super popular like Squid Game or like The Queen's Gambit or anything like that, I just hold off on watching it until like the hype dies down for some reason.
0: I know. I don't know, I know. why I do that, but I just like I don't know, I don't like to gain in the hype with everyone else. I'm ki- I'm kind of the same way, which I think makes me kind of sound like a hipster douchebag, but I'm not. That yeah, I way feel like I-, I
1: sound super pretentious when I say that, but I don't know, it's just something I do.
0: Yeah, I like Everybody was pushing Tiger King on me last year, and the more people that pushed me towards it, I was like, I, "This is not for me."
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's and I yeah, never it's like, watched it. let Sonic me
1: discover Game. it on my own. I don't need everyone else telling me to watch it.
0: But I saw like a TikTok of one scene of Squid Game, and I five seconds into the video, I turned it off, and I was like, "I'm hooked on. The, I've, I've got. I'm watching this show." It wasn't I've even heard good things. Oh, definitely check it action. out. It's good. I eventually um, checked out Tiger King Queen's Gambit. I just gotta get around to it. I still haven't watched Queen Gambit, and I will never watch Tiger King. So
1: they are both fine. They're entertaining. Yeah, I've heard. I really, I, I'm strongly on the opinion that if Tiger King came out at any other time, it would not have done well. Oh It's no. just because it came out in the beginning of COVID. It was a crazy story, and 100%. people just wanted to be hooked on something, and that's all that people were talking
0: about. A hundred percent. Um. All right. Yeah, one, <laughs> one last point <laughs> we knew we got completely how did we get there from Andrew Garfield? Jesus. Netflix, man. I know. Um, all right. James Bond, the big one this week, besides Lamb, but what the hell is Lamb? So um, <laughs> James Bond. Who's your favorite Bond?
1: Who? Yeah. Okay, I gotta be
0: honest. I haven't seen much other than
1: Craig. I'm not a big Bond guy. the first bond film i saw was skyfall
0: that's ooh wow well that's not as great of a look but um (laughs) i love skyfall that was great i've seen a lot of bond um my family likes a lot of bond um and i think the first one i ever saw was maybe goldfinger finger goldfinger i don't know why i flubbed that um but I think... I, th- I think Craig's the actor one, in that? Uh, that one is a Connery, I believe. Okay. Um, yes, it is. Wait. Yes, it is. It's your favorite? You don't even know? It's not my favorite. My favorite... Oh, okay. That was oh, first. Oh, you said the first. Okay, yeah. right, right. Um, my favorite is also Daniel Craig because he is really, really good at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the bet, my favorite James Bond, and maybe it's just the one, it's like your favorite SNL cast is the one that you mostly grew up with. Yeah, um, recency bias. Yeah, I mean, Skyfall is such a good movie. I could talk about yeah, that great. movie forever. It's uh, highly rewatchable for me. Yeah, no, that was my it's, introduction it's, to Bond, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you should have watched Casino Royale first, but it's Okay. Mm. I just Um, saw that recently, which I loved as well. Oh my god, you
1: just saw that recently.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm not a big Bond guy. I think I saw that movie when I was like eleven, and the suicide, like the explosions and the first scene. I was like, "This is the coolest shit I've ever seen." Uh, It was a cool ass movie. It's so good, and the and like now that I'm older, like all the poker and stuff. I'm like, "Yes, give me more, (laughs) gamble more." Yes, (laughs) it's so great. Um, and Mads Mickelson is just the guy. It's such a good movie. Um, yeah, Jeffrey it, Wright was
1: in there too. Yeah,
0: Jeffrey Wright. He's and he's come back a few times too. Um, mm-hmm. And he's gonna be in No Time to Die. But I can talk. Like Skyfall is so. It's perfect. I think. I mean, Casino Royale is fantastic, and it's a lot of people's favorite Craig movie. Skyfall is mine. The end of it, and oh, it's and Anton Chigurh. Is such a good villain in that movie? Yeah, Roger Deakins shot it. Beautiful cinematography. Anton Chigurh is that? Oh, Anton Chigurh is his is Javier Bardem's freaking. (laughs) It's it's, no country for old men. Villain Silva is the uh, guy Mm. in uh in Skyfall. Javier Bardem is just good at villains. Um, I love that movie, and. We can. Spo- I mean, I feel like we can talk about spoilers. This movie came out in two thousand twelve. Um, killing. I think killing Judy Dench. While I love her, is M, and she was an M for two different Bonds. I think that was a good idea, and putting Ray Fine in there. Um, I mean, they needed to mix it up, and I thought that was a good way to like, add a twist and keep it fresh without switching Bonds, because I think they were going to around then, and then craig signed on for one more and then they left specter like open-ended and then now they have to conclude it with no time to die
1: yeah i mean when i saw skyfall that twist meant nothing to me i was like okay cool because <laughs> i haven't seen anything else i didn't like know her character or anything so i was like okay oh god she's great i love her um <laughs> but yeah no it was all great i loved it and i definitely want to watch more bond in the future but I've not gone around to it yet, but yeah, I'm excited for this new one because I've seen this whole series. So,
0: I, all right, what do you think of Spectre? Nah, it's a dud. Very, very mid. I am so worried about No Time to Die because. Well, here's the thing. There's a there's a trend with Bond. I feel like every other Bond movie has been good. Yeah, Quantum of Sol, but Quantum of Solace was at least interesting to me. And be, yeah, be, but I don't think it's, cr- it's like, it's not received well, I don't think. No, it was not. It was such a, it, that was a... Not old. compared
1: to Skyfall and Casino, which were no. both
0: before and after it. So, this is something... So, we've had, like, good, bad,
1: good, bad, um, good, bad, and now we're about to have this final one, and it's getting good reviews, so it should be good.
0: I have put on Spectre three times, and I've never made it through it i fell asleep in the movie theater yeah it have... was
1: boring and the villain was very boring too like he, there was no stakes like i was just like okay i don't really care about you like christopher waltz <laughs> is a great actor obviously but i don't know i don't know if it's the writing or, or something else but he was just so boring
0: i felt and then they did that weird thing where they were like oh he's james bond's adopted brother what is that you remember that yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't even care Exactly. And they tried to tie in all the other movies to it. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember it. I was thinking about watching it today before like I go see it, and I was like, I'm gonna fall asleep again. I've fallen asleep twice watching it, and the third time I just turned it off. I was like, nope, bored. Yeah, I have no idea where the storyline is right now, but I it, feel like it doesn't matter. Spectre hasn't even gone. I think Christoph Waltz is still in this, this new one. Oh really? I think he might be, and I know the same girl from it is in it. I mean, he might just be in it for like a split second because Rami is the main villain. I don't know. It's oh, he's not. He's not. Never mind. Oh yes, he is. Oh, oh no, he is. I bet uh, he is going to be in like the opening scene or something, and then they're going to get rid of him. Um, Anna De Armis is in this one, but I don't know what her role is going to be because Leah is She's the she's the hot chick. No, Leah Sadoul is in it still. The blonde girl from the last one. Two hot chicks. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. James it's Bond weird. has plenty of women. I know. I don't remember where they left their relationship. Like, were they together at the end of that movie? I'm going to have to read. I don't think it matters. I know. Bond go- go, does what he does. Well, it does kind of matter. A little bit. I don't know. Uh, make Skyfall again. Just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy. No, I'm
1: excited for this movie. Also because... Um, Carrie Joji Fukanaga, I think is how you pronounce his last name. The director, he made a, *Beasts of No Nation*, which I'm a huge fan a dang, of. That was a dangerous um, game,
0: right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, he played. He made it, or he wrote it. Um, he made *Maniac*, the Netflix show with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a, a very diverse portfolio, so I think he'll do very good with this movie. Very he well. He wrote it. Yeah, the screenplay. Really. The new it,
0: he did. I love that movie. Yeah, wow, awesome. Um, I'm pumped. I mean, it's, it's I've seen good things, but it's two hours and forty three minutes, and that one I'm kind of like mm, a little scared about, you know. I'm fine awkward. with it,
1: as long as it's not too much monologuing
0: and more action. I don't know. I fell asleep, Inspector. All right, <laughs> is this gonna top Venom for opening weekend? I
1: mean the box office has been a steep incline, so I think so. I don't
0: I don't know though, because I think Bond brings in a lot of people. You'd think so, but the biggest bond opening was eighty eight million in two thousand twelve for Skyfall. Which wouldn't even beat Venom now. Fair. And another and then another thing, um you know, when doing research with Pod I saw was the general idea is James Bond brings in older crowds. And older crowds are the people not going to movie theaters. But there was a point in the pandemic where all the James Bond movies were on Netflix. And this movie's been getting promoted for two years. And I think I also think since it's Daniel Craig's
1: last movie yeah. too,
0: people are gonna wanna go see it. I think more young people care about James Bond now than ever before, except for maybe right after Skyfall. Um, but then they totally lost all that momentum and fizzled it out by waiting four years to make Spectre and then putting out that dud of a movie. And it. I think this could do it, which would also make it the highest debuting James Bond ever, which would be pretty cool to send Daniel Craig out on top like that. Um, the UK debut was $35 million, but that's not a great metric, uh, even though it is where James Bond is from, because they are a lot smaller than us. So, mm-hmm. um, No, there's a lot of good things going for it, so I think it'll do well. I'm going to have my eye on it like all weekend. I'm going to be really interested in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also has no competition either. So,
0: uh, Well, I mean, lamb. <laughs> Oh yeah, everyone's going to rush to see Lamb. Lamb's coming in from the top rope, swinging with whatever the hell (laughs) that movie is.
1: Imagine on Sunday, you're going to see the main headline, Lamb Tops, No Time to Die. First
0: movie to break a hundred million since the the pandemic began. I I would cry and throw up. I would be so confused and so scared. (laughs) I'd be so happy because now we'll just get more Lambs.
1: (laughs) Whatever Lamb is, who who even knows? (laughs)
0: I watched that trailer today. Like, I I don't. I'm trying not to watch trailers, but like, I still don't know what it is. I, just, I all I've watch.
1: seen is the walking lamb, and I'm yeah.
0: Silent. I showed it to my friend, and he was like, "What is this?" <laughs> I was like I don't know, but I'm in. I need it. I need to see exactly. it. Exactly. And it's I don't know if it's a drama or a horror or both. I just know those lambs look real suspicious. IMDb has it as both. I think a drama or. Uh, those lambs are looking suspicious. I don't like the looks of them. Yeah, it's labeled drama, horror, mystery. All right. Well, those are three things that I like. Speaking of horror, we got to talk about Hereditary. Yes, we do. Let's take a little bit of a break and then come back. Hey, everybody. It's Bo here to tell you about our sponsor, Album Book Club. It is a book club, but, you know, for albums, and uh, they have weekly picks that they put out on their Twitter, at Club one and they uh, have curators that choose picks week by week. Uh, it can range from hip-hop to bluegrass to death metal to indie to pop. It's all over the place. Uh, it's a great way to discover new music. I've been following them and working with them for quite some time. They also put out their magazines on albumbookclub.com. They just put out an issue with Osar and Paris Price. Uh, they have great merch over there. It's all great looking stuff. Um, definitely check them out. Give the Twitter a follow. Give the page um, a look. It's great stuff. You're not going to be disappointed. Good way to discover music. Let's get back to the movie. and we are back and we are here to talk about the Naked Brothers Band the Alex <laughs> Wolf oh wait oh that's uh, that's the wrong imdb i was on alex wolf uh, we're talking about hereditary very different project from alex wolf Naked Brothers Band is a
1: scary movie man
0: it's a terrifying show <laughs> it's Just a bunch of naked episode. kids running around playing instruments uh, it it's scary s- man confusing i can't believe they let it on nickelodeon <laughs> um, that band they rocked they did. Right. hereditary uh wow uh i did not want this one to win because i was told by my friends and apparently i was a little overhyped um my friends told me this was the scariest movie they had ever seen and i was listening i was heard that from people i knew that loved horror movies and i did not at the time this movie came out um and then that changed obviously i love them now um wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Uh, what's the story we uh, we have here, and who's in it? Who directed it?
1: I'll tell you that, Bo. Uh, this is so. about a grieving family who is haunted by a tragic and was haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. It's very vague. That's but gr- great sum up. Yeah, there. it's great sum up. It's by um, Ari Aster, who is now one of the horror. Um, I don't know if he's a legend yet, but he's on his way to the top with this and Mm -hmm. Midsommar. Um, Before this, he did the short film The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, which is equally as fucked up and creepy as Hereditary Midsommar. Um, This movie stars the amazing Tony Collette, um, Millie Shapiro, who plays the little kid Charlie, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolfe, and uh, Ann Dowd who plays the creepy woman in every single
0: horror movie ever. Oh my god, yeah. She's all over the place. She's
1: like the passive-aggressive old creepy woman in like everything. (sighs) But she's great. She kills the role and she should be. She's She's amazing in The Handmaid's Tale. Big fan. Um, Um, But yeah, that is the the cast and the synopsis.
0: So, like I mentioned, um, I was told by many friends that this was the scariest movie they had ever seen. And that was the uh, general reaction, I think, al- amongst a lot of people. I'm pretty sure... I might be remembering this wrong. At a film festival that it debuted at, didn't people, like, run out of the theater? Yeah, it like, a ton of it was, walkouts. Like, yeah, or runouts. It, it, uh, it, it... With critics, was very divisive, I think. Um, this is a... This is one I pulled from Esquire, written by Dom Nero, Uh, and it says, It's not a question of quality when recommending Hereditary to a friend. It feels more like a question of morality. (laughs) Um, I mean, this movie did get an 87 on Metacritic.
1: It got fantastic reviews.
0: Right, and it should, um, which is why I'm confused on... The Division, I mean, we've done a couple of movies that I think are considered divisive, um, but I feel like this one should not be. like. It's no, Here's another one from the same uh, review. It's no argument that in spite of its uh, torments, the film is exceptionally well executed. But I've also seen reviews saying, like, oh, it sticks to basic horror tropes, but I feel like it doesn't. It feels super well, interesting. Well, yeah, here's the thing. And I then,
1: feel like this movie was marketed as a strict horror movie and it's not the no it's it's a family drama slash i don't know i guess a little bit of suspense and mystery throughout but it's really not horror until the last like 30 minutes of the movie that's when it gets like pure horror and i i think that's probably what drew a lot of misconception and a lot of movies do this, like especially A24 movies I know do this a lot, where they advertise the movie as a horror because they know that's going to bring more people into the seats, but it
0: ends up not being that entirely. Right. Um, I think also a lot of the horror... Hey, I, 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 I think it's more of a horror movie than you think it is. I definitely understand the family drama, but I think also some of the horror comes in the family drama. Yeah, this is definitely like this is my
1: third time watching it, and there's so mm -hmm. much foreshadowing and like hidden clues like leading up to the big event at the end.
0: (laughs) They were sitting in the English class, and the teacher was like, "See, you see what he's saying? There's always clues like to lead to like what should be the obvious event." And then I was like catching them all as I was going, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, cool, Ariaster, like it." Um, But like, I think like. Some of the, like, horrors are supposed to be, like, the way people deal with trauma of loss and the links they'll go to, like, heal that pain, um, I think. I mean, this is
1: definitely disturbing and fucked up, but I wouldn't describe it as the same thing as, like, scary. Um, yeah. Traumatizing, I guess?
0: Yeah, is a good one. Although, you know, like I said, I've been insidious is also traumatizing this one
1: yeah but in a different way
0: i loved i I loved this movie but i don't know why like i was started off super on edge the whole time and like then by the back half i had like settled in and when it got to the scary parts i wasn't really scared of anything and i was a little disappointed
1: well, I think that's what the those critics were talking about by saying they kind of followed the basic horror tropes because towards the end, he kind of does lean into it. But in my opinion, I think that works because of the whole buildup.
0: Yeah. Um, he also said he didn't want to rely on jump scares. He wanted like genuine earned scares. Yeah. Which, you know, you, you, like you
1: feel that the tense complaint. scenes throughout. Mm-hmm. You feel tense and you feel like something's happening, but you just, like, you can't see it, which is, um, I, know, I think it's masterful the way he directed this.
0: Yeah. Yeah he uh so i th- after watching hereditary and after watching uh midsummer art i want to see what an ari aster not horror movie looks like i don't know if he's gonna stick to horror because he's so he is so good his at next it. one
1: is horror i think but he also said he wanted to go into comedy
0: he did a short uh film that's a comedy movie yeah i, I actually i just films, watched I it recently
1: it. um Shoot, what was the name of it? Oh, it's called The Turtle's Head. That's a it's a straight comedy, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's also kind of a little bit dark and fucked up and I I could see like resemblance of like where he got with Hereditary and Midsommar, but it's it's right. hilarious. Like he and also not not as much with Hereditary, but Midsommar is like weirdly funny in a way. Like there's a lot of funny lines. Yet there has yeah. that like humorous character throughout, but it's like it's kind of darkly fucked up. Like I remember I saw this um I saw, not Hereditary, I saw Midsommar. Um, I saw the director's cut with a Q&A with Ari afterwards. It was like a full house, a bunch of critics. And so when we saw it, most of the people there already saw Midsommar because it was the director's cut and it was something new. So we kind of all knew mm-hmm. what was expected. But a lot of people were laughing throughout because we knew what was coming. And it was just like, it was funny just seeing like how fucked up and disturbing everything was. Right. Like it has a, a funny undertone to it in a way.
0: Well, one thing I was thinking of, well, like, yeah, some of it, like, he, he definitely does do the, like, and this is, and this is something I texted you, Alfred Hitchcock would put super dark jokes in his movies, but they'd be hilarious, right. and he, he, a lot of his stuff is clearly very Hitchcock-inspired, very you know, just, like, camera movements and stuff, very, I'll get to that in a second, but his, like, shots that he does of the house and the woods and the mountains are, Gorgeous, and the same thing with Midsommar, that Scandinavian whatever the hell is so beautiful, and I just want like a real like not not to say horror aren't real movies, but I want like a like a drama or something that is just like set in the woods and looks amazing. It
1: was shot so beautifully, and the lighting I thought was so well done throughout. The lighting
0: is the 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 shot of the family at the funeral. And with the white snow-capped mountains Mm. and the green grass, and then you're going and it's taking you below into another grave. I was like, this is the coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I was so impressed. I also
1: love the first shot and the last shot. The first shot going into the dollhouse, and then the Mm -hmm. last shot kind of like showing the treehouse, I think, as a dollhouse, or the whole house as a dollhouse. Um, Right. I thought that was really well done.
0: It was, his camera work is insane. It's so good. Yeah. And, ugh. A lot I of a like lot of slow
1: day. push-ins, a lot of slow movements, creepy, creepy, um, a creepy vibe to it. Um, I don't know. He just does a really good job of putting you on edge throughout the entire film.
0: I don't want to step on Midsommar because we might have you know a Midsommar podcast when we get to our Colts mm-hmm. uh, week, um, but and they do the same thing here. The camera movements like from the side because they built this house on a soundstage. They didn't film it in the house. And the camera one's from the side where it's like you're going through a wall and you can see the edge of the wall or in Midsommar when they're still in the U.S. and they're going above, like, walls in the houses, you know, and you can – those are straight-up Hitchcock movements that he does. Mm. And I just think it's so cool, like, when you're using your space creatively like that. Because not – I mean, even though it's been done in some of the most well-known horror movies of all time or thrillers of all time – it's just always so cool to see, <laughs> and I would like a lot more of that, um, and Ari Aster is just so good at it, and, it, uh, like, even with, like, some of the framing of, like, the horror shots, I was like, oh, man, this just looks cool, like, I can't, I'm not even scared right now, I'm just depressed.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a beautifully, beautiful shot.
0: It's, he's great, um, and another great, great person in this movie is Tony Collette. Oh, my God. Uh, she got robbed
1: of an Oscar for this. She should have at least gotten nominated.
0: I don't understand. I mean, this the is... Dinner the dinner scene alone was one of the
1: best acting I've ever seen from an actress. Oh, my God. She destroyed that dinner scene. I felt everything she was feeling during that scene.
0: I mean, when I... I When uh, Millie Shapiro's Charlie got get got the head taken off, and she's like screaming in her room I was like ah I'm going to throw up I feel so bad right now I, mean, I
1: told you this beforehand but
0: that shot where they
1: show the the head on the road and you see the ants crawling on it just the way it was shot and you kind of don't really see it coming because you think once you saw like the, the quick flash of the, the head banging into the pole in the beginning you're like oh that's it but oh my god when it holds on that shot I will never forget that shot for the rest of my life that is ingrained
0: in my brain so do you want to know... And I think because, why well, this... before you
1: go on, oh. I think re- one of the reasons why it's ingrained in my brain is not just because visually it's horrifying, but also because you can hear Toni Collette just screaming in the background in pain. And she does yep. such a good job of that. that just, you feel it. It's, it's so well done.
0: So um, do you want to know why the, they didn't really show the decapitation?
1: So they can show it at that scene? No. <laughs>
0: It they built like a robot, like a like a like it was like I think it was it was like a dummy, but it had some motion to Mm. it. I think it was more like a puppet, and they had a stunt driver who was gonna you know drive in and take the head off, and they did it perfectly. And the dummy's face was designed to crush in like a real human's, Mm. and it looked just like her. And apparently it looked so real oh. that they were like, all right, we're going to quick cut this and we're not showing. Oh my it. God.
1: Well, like, I think it worked in its favor. A hundred because also were... Alex Wolf's character didn't even see it himself. Like he knew what happened cause he heard it obviously, but he didn't see it himself. So we're kind of in this perspective of him the entire time.
0: So one, another thing about that particular, um, you know, decapitation, one of the many in this movie, <laughs> Oh, it's just decapitation.
1: Going into Midsommar yeah.
0: too. So it's based off something that happened in Marietta, Georgia, like an hour from me in 2004. And so this these two guys drove home drunk after a party, and the passenger thought he was going to throw up and puts his head out of the window oh. just in case he needed to throw up, and the driver swerved near a pole. The pole's guy wire decapitates the passenger. Oh. The driver was so drunk he did not realize his friend was decapitated went home parked the car in his parents driveway and his friend was in the car still and went and the guy just went to sleep wait and was that inspiration for this mm-hmm. wow. wow I did not know that um alex wolf take so i mean you know we've both said this before i mean we have sisters if i i i was like i mean of course watching the movie i'm like call the call an ambulance call the police call somebody but him driving home just in such a state of shock and just going and getting in the bed and then hearing his mom, like, screaming, I was like, oh, God. Oh, eggs. Oh, man. Could you, like, if that something... I could not imagine the nightmare your life would become if that happened. It was, yeah, it was
1: so massively directed and also props to Alex Wolf too, because you have to really put on performance to really sell that. Because He's been great. Yeah, like you said, recently. if it just went, like, the oh, my God, call 911, like, or whatever, like, my sister just got her head cut off. Like, it wouldn't work. It only works in this way, in the way that he can't even, like, process that it just happened because it's so
0: horrifying. And I was expecting it, truthfully, I was expecting it to be, like, he's sitting in the driver's seat, and then I thought it was going to be, like, a cut and it's going to be him still in the driver's seat with the blue lights and then a cut. And he's in the back of, like, an ambulance, like, but sitting mm. up and they're sitting there. Yeah, like a match cut. A cut. And then he's like, yeah, match cut. Yeah. And then him at home. And that's exactly what I was expecting. And then he just started the car back up and went away. And it was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Also, he was high, oh. too.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was not having oh. good feelings. No, that's probably a bad time. Um, but... Uh, we were talking about the foreshadowing apparently on the pole that decapitated her, the symbol mm-hmm. that was all over the movie was on yeah it. i didn't catch that i didn't catch that, yeah, I, I didn't that, catch that just, my first I mean, time
1: i caught that like my third time probably
0: right there's so many it's... things like
1: at the funeral like the the people smiling at them there are just so <laughs> many subtle things throughout where you can see like uh, there was one shot i don't know it... if you noticed in the mail um they like show a shot of like the mail at the door and you can like see uh-huh. on the on the mail they're trying to get um, Tony Collette's character to go to one of the meetings, but she wouldn't go, so they had to like figure out another way. That's why they had Anne Dowd's character run into them at the store to get them to go. Are the
0: meetings? Are the meetings all those people?
1: Um, like- I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know if everyone was in on it at the meetings, so or it was an actual
0: meeting, and then just them two had a couple people sprinkle, sprinkled in. Um, man, the intricacy of that plot line was super... So, I knew there were some culty aspects to it. Um, I remember somebody telling me something about like the grandmother being in the cult, but I, I think wrongfully put this in the spirits. I think it can fit it. I think it would fit better as a cult movie. Yeah, because it really is a cult. But, it does
1: get supernatural at the end, but right and i guess it does have to do with spirits like the whole point of the cult has to do around like spirits and supernatural but yeah yeah it it is a cult
0: movie as well i mean yeah i mean it it's less of a cult movie than rosemary's baby but more of a cult movie than uh insidious Mm. yeah i agree
1: with that yeah this movie was definitely inspired by rosemary's baby
0: um, which you have seen, right? I have, yeah. Okay. Did you see that because I told you to or had you asked? Nah, no, I saw it a while ago. Yeah. I love that movie and then at the end I was like, Oh my god, this is Rosemary's like, the ending or no, when it was when the photo photo book came out. And even though there's nobody marrying the baby in the movie and the, but the grandmother was in like the wedding suit and there was all the pictures of the parties. I was like, this is Rosemary's baby. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. The um, thing I
1: liked about this movie more than Rosemary's baby, not the bash Rosemary's baby, because it's a great movie, but I feel like heredit. Roman
0: Polanski didn't direct it. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? That guy, Separate art from the artist. Person. Separate art from the artist. I know. But, um,
1: Hereditary, I it thought did up, yeah. a, a more subtle up. job of building up the cult because you really don't see it coming in Hereditary throughout like the whole movie until the end. But I feel like Rosemary's Baby, you kind of caught on like midway through
0: or even earlier. Okay, not to do the Rosemary's Baby pod, but even knowing that it really was a cult, like watching that movie, I was like, it totally is supposed to put you in her shoes and like give away that it's it's a cult. And make you, so, like, you're with her, and you're like, oh, my God, this is a cult. Like, I gotta get away from this. Like, oh, my God, what what is what even is my baby gonna be and all this shit? And then there's a point, like, in the middle of the movie where they, like, diffuse everything, and you're like, oh, wait, maybe it's not a cult. Maybe I was just being crazy. Mm. And then it ramps right back up. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. No, it definitely um, was. Because I, I remember I was watching, and I was like... Am I watching the wrong movie? Was it Rosemary something else? Like, because this isn't a cult anymore. And I was super confused. And then the end of it. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God. Good movie. That's going to have to go in the cult uh, poll when we get to that. Um, Okay, now, here's my biggest question. I actually have two big questions. So, chart. So, okay, so she clearly didn't want Tony Collette to abort. Alex Wolf, or cause a miscarriage or whatever, because she wanted to put Paimon in the, in the in the in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the guy's body, in Alex Wolf's body. The, she couldn't do it to her own son. The grandmother didn't want Alex right, Wolf right. To the be grandmother, her, right. Yeah. So, because um, she tried to do it to her son, and her son killed it, killed himself, mm-hmm. and so. Then. So, but she doesn't do it when he's oh because the no contact rule. That's what it is. So that I when Tony Collette's like so we gave her Charlie and like let her be around the daughter or whatever. So does she put Paimon in Charlie's body to host him until in Charlie's body? That's what I think it is. The theories that I read because at the end they call Alex mm-hmm. Wolf Charlie. They're like Charlie, you're Paimon now in Alex Wolf's body, because Paimon needs it, it's he needs a male body to, for a permanent host. Mm-hmm. But I think because they're like oh she sunk her claws into Charlie or whatever. I think Charlie hosted Paimon, and then they needed Alex Wolf's spirit to leave, so they could put Paimon in there who was also Charlie. Like you know like because they call him Charlie and call him Paimon. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I didn't really look into all the rules of the cult, but yeah, I'm well, sure it makes sense. I, I understood they were trying to put Paimon in it, but and in Alex Wolff. But I was all I was. What threw me off was at the end when they were like, "Charlie, don't worry, you're okay, you're safe." Mm. You know?
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. By the way, the uh, Millie Shapiro who played Charlie, mm-hmm. she was incredible as well.
0: She was like. Eighteen.
1: Yeah, and she played. Uh, she was basically like a psychopath. She played a psychopath so well. So weird. <laughs> the way she ate the Hershey's chocolate bar, she just bit right into it. didn't even like take a piece off. Oh. So I was like oh, true
0: psychopath writer. I like I like Hershey bars too, but I'm not eating them like you break <laughs> off and then you break a square off. Like ugh. <laughs> Jesus, and her cutting the head off the birds. Nice so foreshadowing. Anyway. Yeah. Did all right, and this is another thing that I might have missed when I watched it, but I I read at the end because I was trying to read like figure out what exactly was going on. Was it her head that was on top of the Paimon statue? Yeah, it definitely was. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, and I I, I that, also read that
1: okay. another thing with the cult is that you're supposed to like gouge your eyes out. Um, for some sort of symbolism. Like a lot of the symbolism you see throughout the movie, you see like people with their X's over their eyes, and it's just like part of the, the ritual, I guess. And they initially did that for the movie, but then they had test screenings of it. I think it's kind of like the, the bashing of the head. They had test screenings where they showed him gouging his eyes out, and people were not a fan of that at all. It was, just, it was too much, so they took it out. Mm,
0: interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't like eye gouging. I mean, yeah, I I gotcha. no, it's not, it's not, the, it's not fun. Maybe that's what the runouts were. Maybe they left that in. Cause I swear, I remember reading something at Cannes about people like running out, throwing up and then I was watching. I don't think it else. was at like, Cannes. I, I think know. it was before that,
1: but no, people definitely did walk out at Cannes. But also the thing about like those film festivals is that happens for like any horror movie almost. Like a lot of them, people walk out, they do 10 minutes standing ovations. Like they're very
0: pretentious over there. We can we can save we can save this for like our, the end of this month, but yeah. like the respect horror movies don't get in the industry is ridiculous.
1: I think they the. do in their genre, no, but not not in terms yeah of like, in their genre. Yeah, not in terms of uh, Oscars or like Hollywood or anything like that.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like fucking, it's ridiculous. People need to get over themselves. Some of the most innovative movies ever are horror movies. But they
1: also I feel like horror movies also have the biggest like cult followings too.
0: Yeah, god great movie um great movies i love them hated them for 20 years of my life and now i love them
1: <laughs> wait so you didn't think the ending was that scary
0: no what was which was this supposed to be? the supposed oh well, yeah which she's banging her head on the that, ceiling that was that freaked funny. me the hell out yeah. that freaked me out and then you hear what
1: peter me, um above in the attic is going like please mommy stop and he like he turns into oh, like a and, baby oh. and you're just like
0: oh. i did not like that part i, I did not like that part he becomes um, so vulnerable um, and alex wolf is drooling and yeah. crying and i was like ah stop it <laughs> but the part that freaked me out the most was when he wakes up after like kissing c- himself and breaking his nose when he sits up in the bed and it's that shot directly on him um, and you can see up in the corner in the pitch black, oh, yeah. Tony Collette, like Spider-Man in the fucking corner yep. and then crawls or floats out. It was, I didn't, couldn't tell what she was doing. She's like silent. Yeah. And then like, but okay. So my room in my house where I watched this movie, I, I'm in the basement. <laughs> You're peeking out
1: the corner every and, five
0: seconds. <laughs> well, I'm in, the, I, I have no windows. So when my TV <laughs> goes off, I can't see a thing. <laughs> I fell asleep watching Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, no, not tonight. Yeah. No. Um, oh, Jesus. It was freaky. I was worried Tony Collette would be in the corner of my room, and then I would have to run up to my attic and then watch her saw her head off with the piano wire.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Oh, yeah. She kept going faster and faster. For a second, I thought she was, like, stabbing herself. Oh, no. That's a saw, man. My... My first thought was it was a, was she sawing her head off, mm-hmm. and then this for when it zoomed in, I was like, oh, she's stabbing herself, and then oh, another freaky shot that was like right before he sat up when he thought Charlie was standing in front of mm-hmm. him, and it was Charlie, and then the head rolls off and it turns into the ball. I was like, oh no 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 no, I don't like this. Yeah, um, it was it was good. I mean, it was freaky. But it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. It's and those those things did freak me out a lot. But I'm trying to think of the last horror movie that like, like Insidious like threw me for a loop. Like, yeah, I think Insidious a conjuring, and Conjuring
1: those those are more scary. Yeah. I think scary is the wrong word for this movie. Like we said, it's yeah. it's more like horrifying and like fucked up, where you feel it, and like you're you're inside. It's not so much like the jump scares, like you said. Like oh, I wasn't trying to go for that.
0: So when you see the when we saw the grandmother's body for the first time um, in the attic. All oh, right, yeah. Did j- I thought it was Charlie's for a second. Because just cuz of the decapitated head. Oh, okay. No, I I what I didn't was think up with the decapitation? Oh, weird another weird plot point that I meant to bring up. So Charlie hosted Paimon and then went into Alex's body. But the grandmother was married to Paimon, was supposed to be his bride. So, was she married to Charlie as a baby? Cults do some weird shit, man. And then, like, but and then they had her in the wedding dress with her head cut off? Yeah. What oh, is yeah, that going on? on? I didn't understand the goals of this cult.
1: Yeah, I didn't really understand the cult that much either, but it was fucked up enough to have me horrified.
0: There's a... Rosemary's I kind of didn't Baby. even want better, to know more. Um, better cult. Hereditary or Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> like I would say Rosemary's Baby just because they're more efficient.
1: They, they are. They brought not the a son of Satan.
0: They brought the son of Satan into the world. Yeah, <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie again now. It's a great movie. It's, ugh, I love that movie. I hate Roman Polanski though. I' yeah, um, fuck Roman Polanski. So, I mean, we've already touched on this, but I, why? I don't understand. Like, I understand. Like, my friend, one of my friends who loves horror movies, was like, "It's gonna blow your mind," which it did. Um, but I had another friend text me and say, "Good luck, like, not sleeping tonight." And I mean, I did fall asleep watching Seinfeld, <laughs> but that's just because I fell. I do that every night. But um, it, I don't understand why it terrifies everybody so badly.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Your friend said it. It scared them, but I don't know. I mean, I think "terrify" is the right word. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess that's hard. People are gonna confuse a lot. I think when your friends said "scary," I think they meant more like terrifying and like horrifying.
0: Maybe. Um. I don't know. It's because not many
1: horror movies really like delve deep into your bones like this
0: one does. It really did. Hmm. Don't raise I your like voice at me. Okay. I am your mother oh jesus the face and on your face she... yeah <laughs> yeah i've heard that sound clip and i didn't know where it came from <laughs> um no that whole scene was incredible and then her like when you like when she's having the nightmare and then you realize they're like both doused in lighter fluid and yeah. you also don't think it's a nightmare i was like oh we're go, we're going up in flames i, was I mean the dad out. did the dad R. Did. R. Ooh, yeah that was I thought when he when they like focus kind of like on his charred body, but it's a lot on his wedding ring finger. I thought the ring of, the finger was gonna fall off. Mm. I was just like expecting it, and it didn't happen. Oh man, and him it, getting engulfed one, in flames was pretty rough. It was pretty. It's a tough beat. It's a bad. I beat love the there. shot
1: they showed that too because it's just a wide shot, and you just see him just getting engulfed, yeah. and they hold just, on him.
0: Whew. And then you see Tony Collette like horrified, and then just snap, Yep. like back, in, like and like it's like. Normal, and then you realize, oh, she's possessed now. um The possession scene when they do the seance was freaky. That was a good one.
1: Oh, one, one, um, also thing we didn't mention it's the score. I thought the score, especially towards the end, was incredible. So good. Yeah, just the, the it was uh, so good. Like it just started elevating, you could just feel it. <laughs> it had a culty vibe almost. It was almost like a choir. Oh, yeah, it's like a choir of people, oh. just like. It's got the THX sound. It's like, it's <laughs> getting louder and louder.
0: I attach that THX sound to like Pixar movies when I'm young. Don't do that to me. Oh I yeah, that THX like, horrified
1: uh, me as much as Hereditary uh, did. <laughs> you're sitting in a theater um, and that loud ass sound comes on. You have no idea what you're getting into. It's like, what? I thought this was a kid's movie.
0: Oh uh, yeah. It meant, I, mean, I was about to watch some good shit. I wonder um, why
1: Pixar did that.
0: trying to horrify kids the rest of their life? Well, they were showing off their sound system. I guess uh, they're, they're like, "Hey, you ready for this shit? Like, look at this.
1: Listen to this audio." I think people care about sound in a Pixar movie. Buckle in,
0: baby. Woody and Buzz are getting loud. <laughs> um, another thing just kind of made me laugh, but also really freaked me out. Like, I kind of, I like. Went like oh fuck no and then kind of laughed to myself was when you see Tony Collette above him like when he's looking at his dad's charred remains and then it kind of pans like back down mm. across and you see the naked man behind him I was like oh Jesus oh my God yeah Ari also loves
1: naked people he loves naked people but I, I guess that's also that's much. also like a cliche uh, of a, a cult too like I think cults love to be naked too yeah they feel pure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> their natural bodies yeah. Ugh, wait, we raised one of the kings of hell <laughs> Christ I I I don't know if I have anything left on this movie I loved it though it was really I mean
1: great. yeah I thought not a shot or word of, of dialogue in this was, was wasted at all it was masterfully Mm-mm. performed and executed um, and I just love the constant dread and I
0: feel like it all paid off in the last 30 minutes you really are constantly wondering what's going to happen and on edge and not even, and at, at a degree about the horror stuff. And then also I feel like at another degree, like about the family dynamic of these people, like because they, you're watching a family fall apart Yeah, completely.
1: Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing. Um, I thought it was
0: really well done. Right. And that's never a good, like a never a comfortable thing to see.
1: This was also just like a new take on the genre that we haven't seen in a long time. So I loved it.
0: Um, yeah, and that's something Ari Aster tends to do, I think. I think Midsummer is not a typical horror movie by any means either. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's even very similar to this one. Um, nah. he's very good at, like, you know, each director has their things that they do, but I feel like his things that he does are... decapitated heads, more like naked people. <laughs> that, and also certain camera movements Yeah, that I think... He likes a lot, like those, you know, the the rooms on sound stages where he show he takes you through the wall and stuff, um, and then like, but it's not like a Tarantino movie where you kind of know, oh, there's gonna be like at least one big shootout, bloody, gory scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you don't really know what you're in for. I think, and that's tough to say with only two full movies out, but that's what he's given us so far, and I. The, the next movie he has uh, is called Disappointment Boulevard. And I. It's a comedy, drama, and a horror. And it says a, a decade spanning portrait of one of the most sex- successful entrepreneurs of all time. Right. And it's starring Michael Gandolfini, who is also the star of Many Saints of Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Ryan's in it. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Parker Posey is in it. I mean, it's got a really great cast. And I i don't know what to expect from it at all which i think i don't think a great anyone does. Yeah. for a filmmaker yeah i i'm very excited i love arias here i think i'm i'm glad that we you know are at at the beginning of his career and get to watch him grow as a director
1: uh my friend just texted me he just saw Titan. he just goes bro dot 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 <laughs>
0: that's it I gave you your titane minute at the top. <laughs> Get that out of here. This is a different. This is a sorry, different I'm game. Sorry, That's, that uh, caught my eye. All right. Are you uh, all right? Are we wrapped on Hereditary? Because I got a couple things to announce.
1: Yeah, let's go on you to our, our big announcements.
0: All right. So, first of all, follow us at ABC Movie Show, and I'm at Beau Allen 22 on Twitter. What's your Twitter again?
1: Jay 416.
0: And we are—you can catch us doing announcements there, putting out the polls and such. Next week's theme is monster movies, but you don't get to choose this time. We're we're choosing. Actually, we're not even choosing. We have our celebrity guest, and we're gonna announce it here. I'm still gonna—I'm still putting it away. I'm still building it up. I don't want to actually, say it because that means it's real. Um, the Twitter announcement won't go out for a few days, so if you listen uh, and listen to the end, you get. The special nugget so here it is the movie will be the thing and our special guest that we have been hyping up since the beginning of this show will be paul sheer uh i'm I'm so excited uh i've known i've been somewhat friends with him on and off for the last uh year and a half or so through clipper basketball um i'm sure many people know him from the league where he plays andre he also uh, has a new show right now called Black Monday, uh, that he is a regular on. And then he also is uh, a voice on Star Trek Lower Decks. He's got, you know, he's a very funny guy, and he's all over the place. He's got yeah, he plays tons of in small in roles in
1: like big comedy movies.
0: He was in The Long Shot, he, I'm pretty he, sure. He was in The Long Shot. Um, he's just he's he's in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. He's all over everything. He was in Slice. Um, uh, he wasn't sliced. No one ever That's saw. A, that is a very niche movie yeah. for us, right there. Um, but, I mean, he is a movie. He's really smart with movies. He knows what he's talking about. He's a really funny guy in general. And the thing is one of his and favorite movies, which is why we're the thing, talking about it. Mm-hmm. It is indeed one of his favorite movies, um, and I'm very excited to talk about it with him. He is a super cool guy, and he's also he's doing uh, the movie news segment with us as well. Well, so.
1: Yeah, you get to hear. His we'll we have takes. a little,
0: a little insider info. Get to hear about what he's seeing recently and uh, so on and so forth. So stay on tuned. It is going to be a good episode, and Jacob's finally going to watch the thing for the first time. Yeah,
1: I have never seen it, so I'm very excited for that as well. It's, I think I think Paul's going to uh,
0: destroy me for that. What else I tell him? <laughs> you might want to watch it twice before you. <laughs> yeah just to say it's it'll be choice. like my fifth time seeing it <laughs> i've seen that movie a bunch Obvious um remember it's the kurt russell one not the new one Right? <laughs> you should come in and tell him you watched the new one <laughs> that would be awesome or just don't say no anything one... until
1: the white right end of the podcast <laughs> oh we're not talking <laughs> about the new one <laughs> wait this
0: is the 2011 one <laughs> With, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead? You'd hang up immediately. <laughs> oh, God, that would be so funny. I might introduce it that way because, I mean, uh, <laughs> I might be like, all right, we're talking about the thing from 2011, directed by I don't even know who. He's going to wait. Oh, man. He don't scare away our <laughs> guests <laughs> he, like that. He'd probably actually be mad. <laughs> he would. Um, <laughs> that would be. That's like. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love it. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Can't wait to talk to him. I'm also a little bit terrified. Hey. But, you know, we got this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All
1: right. You got anything left? Uh, No. Stay tuned for next week. Watch the thing with us. We're going to be talking about it with Paul Shear.
0: Yes, we are indeed. And he's going to have much better takes than us. But that's what you're tuning in for. Yeah, he's going to be the old head of this podcast. Yes, indeed. I can't wait. All right. On that note, I'll see you next time, Jacob. Till next time.